sleeping in a sleeping bag in a small town with no electricity, really basic life. Um, this is for me everything. I lost my heart in Africa. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Christina Hassebrink is a globetrotting safari guide and strategic marketing expert from Germany with a passion for helping businesses find practical marketing solutions. Although she travels solo, she is joined by her travel companion, her racing bike. She is passionate about the outdoors and enjoys the natural world on horseback. In this episode, we explore becoming a safari guide in the African bush, following your inner voice, life as a digital nomad with a booming business and slow travel. Well, I studied in the Netherlands and um, become there afterwards, after my study in the Netherlands and Hungary, um, a marketing manager in a professional service firm in Germany. And uh, I did all this kind of fancy career path. And afterwards, uh, yeah, let's say um, I um, lost my heart in Africa. And, um, and I think this was the very, very beginning of everything. Because after, after a couple of time in Africa, I um, did a yeah, 180-degree turnaround of my whole life. And um, yeah. So Africa was, let's say, um, the very first beginning of uh, my life and uh, or this kind of, let's say, new life. Yeah. What inspired you to take this pivotal trip and move to Africa? Oh, this is this is quite interesting from an outside view, because, you know, since since I'm a baby, I'm a horseback rider and I love horses. I love to be in nature. And I had a. A couple of holidays uh, uh, in a lot of, let's say, horseback, really nice, nice uh, countries. And we had this kind of, uh, let's say, family um, wedding from a little sister. And I was the wedding planner and uh, I couldn't go to Mongolia. So I had to, to postpone my whole holiday back to, let's say, to the winter. And there were not so many options uh, where I can, should go during the winter. Well, it's getting cold in Europe, so no many options. And um, then the idea was to, to or I got the proposal from a travel agency. Well, Christine, um, what about Africa? I said, Africa? What? Well, Africa could be a really good option for you. And I said, well, um, Africa? So and then I started my first um, running safari in uh, South Africa. Africa, and especially Kenya, is, is different. You have these open fields there. The wildlife there is different. You are, um, let's say, more or less five to six hours on a horseback every day. You have their mobile horseback camp. So that means that you have to ride every day to get on to the next camp. And um, you have as well, for example, to cross the Mara River. Left side crocs, right side hippos. Um, and this kind of trip um, with all this kind of adventures around, um, encounters with, with the cats, with elephants, gallops, with giraffes, it changed so much in my heart. And um, uh, this, and as well, especially Africa, while I, when I'm sleeping in a sleeping bag in a small town with no electricity, really basic life, um, this is for me everything. I lost my heart in Africa. It was after Africa, everything changed. 
while I came back to Germany and then uh, there was still this kind of, let's say, inner voice screaming. Right. So walk us through how you transitioned from, hey, I had a really great trip to I actually want to leave Germany and move here. So first priority was nature. I have to be in the bush, nothing else. And then the idea was, okay, um, bush. What can I do in the bush? So I checked. I did a lot of thousands of, of hours. I, I, I'm feeling till today. I did research about uh, safari guiding schools. Um, I did really, let's say, a ranking, which would be the best one. Um, I talked to a lot of people and uh, former students and, um, and found, let's say, two, two safari guiding schools in South Africa. Yeah, and I wrote an application. So, and I got a lot of replies back, but um, one of these schools um, took me and they said, okay, Christy, you can come. And I said, well, um, of course, I have to, to find a solution with my actual life because, you know, I, I had everything at my flat, I had a fancy car, I had this kind of really fantastic career, I had, had my, my family, my sister, my brother, all this kind of, no, let's say, normal life in this kind of system. After the confirmation of the safari guiding school, and I talked about this with nobody, with nobody. So I started to save money, means that I didn't go on a holiday anymore, didn't go to a fancy restaurant, didn't go to, to a coffee shop to take a coffee for a go. I stopped it immediately. What was the reaction of your family and friends when you decided to share this idea with them? There was nobody who was really, let's say, uh, into this. You know, you're quitting this wonderful career path for what? And then uh, I left the, the company during the summer and uh, in July, more or less. And, um, and then I went to, to Africa in, uh, uh, I think it was September, in October. And how long was the Safari Guide program? So it was um, the level one. It's called nature or a nature guide level one. Um, it was this kind of training was let's say two half, yeah, two two to three months more or less, yeah. One of the things I love about your story is that you didn't tell anyone about your plan to move to Africa and become a safari guide. Why did you decide to keep it from everyone who was close to you? Yeah, um, sometimes of course I'm a really outgoing person. But sometimes in life, and I don't know why and when, I'm taking or making decisions on my own and um, keeping this for quite a long time on my own. But um, the really big things in my life, this is, this is for me, only for me, myself and I, and for nobody else, because it's my life. But honestly, the, the big decisions in my life, I did this on my own. Right. I can really relate to that because even for me, when I'm making a big decision in my life, I don't share with people. I don't go on social media. I don't really ask for input unless it's really necessary. I take the time and give myself the space to make the decision on my own. And then I'll share. And usually when I'm sharing on social media, it's like months and months later. And it's like, oh, that's already old news. All right. So for those who don't know, what is a digital nomad? A digital nomad is a person who is traveling around the world, more or less. But honestly, this kind of digital nomad thing is for me 
was um, the solution to travel to Africa when I'm missing Africa, when uh, my heart is uh, calling the bush. So, and uh, I think it's a pretty nice solution to start traveling, to start um, meeting other people, to getting inspired by other people, to getting inspired by other countries, other cultures. And um, because all this kind of inspiration I need for my job, I need this for my client project. So some of the pros that we talked about were flexibility, that you have the flexibility and freedom and the location independence to really go back to Africa whenever you want to or travel around to different places around the world. Also that being a digital nomad allows you to have an income so you could sustain this lifestyle. And since you're traveling so often, you're meeting so many new people and having all these new experiences that are infusing into what you do in your work. So these are some of the takeaways that I took from some of the pros of being a digital nomad. Now, how about some of the cons? What are some of the difficult parts that you found about this lifestyle? Um, of course, uh, you are responsible uh, for your own for your own income. I think a lot of people are uh, getting as well attracted um, during these days now by this kind of really fancy life as a digital nomad. Honestly, it's not so fancy every time, and um, because uh, first of all, I um, I have to run a business to get the money out of it. And um, to get food, to get to 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 plan can that I can plan as well my next travel, and of course I have to to be um, let's say available for my clients. And if if I'm not available for my clients, I'm, I'm getting into trouble. So uh, being a digital nomad is not every time quite pretty fancy. In addition, as well, when you're traveling around the world with a lot of friends all around the world, this is quite nice. But a lot of, for example, yesterday, uh, one of my friends, Michelle, um, is heading off now to Bratislava. So she left Porto. So, well, now, you know, of course, life is changing really quickly. Um, but um, you you have to, to um, start or, or develop different kind of um, friendships. And uh, I have... Um, my friendships um, with my friends in Germany and especially, let's say, from this older life. A lot of people are thinking that I'm always on holiday, you know. It's, uh, and um, normally my, my workload is around 10 to 12 hours per day. And um, this, is, this is not like a holiday. Um, less free time. Yeah, it's not so easy sometimes, but um, there are a lot of options. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing both the pros and the cons that you discover while being a digital nomad. I think it's really important for people to know that yes, this lifestyle has a lot of benefits and perks. However, there are a lot of challenges, especially if you're a business-oriented digital nomad. You know, it's a lot of hard work. So what are you up to these days with your strategic marketing business? I'm developing uh, online and offline marketing concepts for clients, medium-sized companies, more or less uh, B2B marketing, mostly, 80 to 90%. And especially, um, let's say, really strategic going to market um, concepts. So uh, doing all the kind of research, project management, being, in, uh, for example, as well, the interims marketing manager for a company. When somebody in the team or the leader of a marketing team is getting sick, I'm looping in because, you know, I'm, 
more or less available 24-7. I'm looping in, so I'm, I'm quite flexible. Uh, so I'm not, not, not this kind of typical digital nomad who is sitting on Bali and doing affiliate marketing or social media marketing or working as a um, VA. No, I'm a much more this kind of really business digital nomad, and um, which I really, I love to have my business meetings as well with my clients in Germany. I love to be getting as well back in this kind of business dress for some time or for a couple of days. And I love to, to, to um, lead project um, events um, for, for clients, big client events and um, smaller, really nice um, cocktail receptions or, or a big, big um, branding campaigns all over in Germany. But it really depends. So it could be um, much more everything around marketing, um, but uh, it depends. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And I know that you're based in Porto, Portugal. What's the difference between Porto and Lisbon in terms of affordability? Yeah. So in comparison to Lisbon, because um, I think everybody's talking at the moment, especially in Europe, about Portugal and especially about Lisbon. Well, honestly, um, Lisbon is getting really, really expensive. So everybody is now trying to head um, as well now to, to Porto. Porto um, through this kind of tourist run is getting expensive. It's, it's getting more expensive in, in comparison to the last year. And um, but you find as well, of course, solutions or, or good good um, good contacts or good good properties or good flats um, which you can rent as well. But it really depends because, uh, for example, let's say now in the summer, it's really the high season and, and Porto is flooded with tourists. And so, of course, the prices are increasing. But in comparison to, to uh, let's say, the normal life in Germany or, or um, different kind of regions in, in Europe, um, it's quite affordable till and uh, till today. And um, but you you ha you always finding a solution. But for example, at the moment, to find an, a really good and cheap accommodation in Porto, it could be sometimes really tough. Of course, when you're starting to go to Porto as a nomad um, during spring and staying then here for a long term, it's getting quite it's so much easier to find something. All right, so that means Porto is definitely on the list of places to visit in Western Europe. I've been to Lisbon, and I really really enjoyed my time there. Super, super hot in the summertime, but it's definitely one of the more affordable countries to visit in or cities to visit in Western Europe. Now, for those who want to learn more about you, how can we connect with you? Follow me on Instagram or writing me an email or calling me. You know, um, a lot of people are now in nowadays are more into all this kind of new communication channels. But uh, to have a really good chat or, or, or on, on Skype or on FaceTime. It's, it's the most important thing to, to get really uh, in a really personal connection. I really, really prefer this. And um, yeah, or visit me in Porto or travel with me a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take you up on that offer to visit Porto sometime really soon. I just wanted to add that that is Christine underscore Hassebrink, H-A-S-E-B-R-I-N-K on Instagram. She has really some awesome quotes in addition to just great adventures that she does, like biking and being in the outdoors. So I definitely recommend hitting her up and checking out what she is up to. Here are three takeaways from that chat with Christine. Number one, 
When Christine heard her inner voice screaming, she answered the call. She lost her heart in Africa and has since structured her life where she can travel and work remotely from anywhere. So she has the flexibility to head back to the bush whenever she wants. Number two, when she decided that she wanted to quit her job and move to South Africa, she stopped spending immediately. She didn't travel and no more fancy restaurants. She buckled down and did the hard work to make her dreams, her passions, her calls a reality. Lastly, she also told no one about her plans until she was absolutely sure and certain. Some things in life are meant to be kept secret for me, myself, and I. Christine announced to her family and friends that she was moving when the time was right, when she settled to becoming a safari guide in Africa and after she got accepted into multiple training programs and picked the right one. People will call you crazy. They'll discourage you from pursuing what you want to do, and it's really up to you to listen to them. However, I prefer to loop people into things when things are already set in motion and there's no turning back. It comes down to trusting yourself and not necessarily needing input from others. That's all for today, but as always, thanks for hanging out with me. Our time together means oh so much, and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.